Hi friend, I hope you have had the most wonderful weekend filled with rest, renewal, and fun. Before I dive into today's episode, I want to give a trigger warning for some topics I will be bringing up. I'll be talking about adoption, fertility, and miscarriage. I want to be sensitive to those experiencing trauma who have experienced trauma in the past in those areas of life. This week's episode piggybacks off of last week's, so if you want to pause this one and listen to episode three titled Believing and Seeing, go ahead and do that now and come back to this one when you can. In the last episode, I talked all about God's gift of abundance, and the more we seek Him and yearn to see His goodness around us, the more we will experience it. We have a gracious Heavenly Father, one who loves to dazzle us and spoil us with His love as much as He can. If you are a parent or have experienced a loving parental relationship, you know this feeling. All you want is to make your kids happy. I often find myself doing things that I know bring joy to my kids' hearts that only they will understand like leaving a dinosaur in my son's car seats when I pick him up from school, he is instantly reunited and so happy, or cutting my daughter's apple and arranging it in a shape of a flower, or putting on my oldest daughter's favorite song when I pick her up so she gets in the car and feels so welcomed. I do these things to not only bring joy, but for them to know I am constantly thinking of them. Sometimes these sweet gifts and blessings are visible, but most of the time they are not. But little kids don't often sit back and think of all the invisible things we are doing for them daily. Cooking, cleaning, working to provide, making appointments, grocery shopping, arranging playdates, saying no so we can say yes, saying yes, but that means we have to say no. There are hundreds, if not thousands of things we do for the overall well-being of our children on a daily basis. Same with God. There are hundreds, if not thousands of invisible things that God is doing for us daily. One day, our children will understand just how much we have done all these years, but we will never fully understand the depth of his love and guardianship of us like that. Maybe when we get to heaven, but I imagine that being a huge celebration where God doesn't want to talk about all the thankless things he's done for us, because it doesn't really matter. It just matters that we are together for eternity. As much as God does for us that doesn't meet the eye, he does a lot that does. Last episode, I mentioned that God loves spoiling us, and the more we seek Him and believe that His goodness is for us, the more we will see and experience. One huge example of this in my life is the Evergreen Container Story. If you have followed me on Instagram since 2016, you might recognize these gigantic green shipping containers that pop up from time to time that read Evergreen on the side. The significance behind these began in Uganda, Africa of all places. We lived there for four years, and the Evergreen Company must have been one of the largest shipping companies that worked within East Africa. I saw them all the time, but let me tell you about the first time that I actually saw them in a different way, when I saw them as a hug from God. Backing up a bit to give some context for our family's story, JP and I married in August of 2014, and that winter we did our annual trip to Uganda to visit friends and do some work while we were there. This trip changed our lives in ways way different than any other trip to Uganda had in the past. This trip is where we moved forward in caring for a little girl that we became close to years before. This could look like so many things, and we assumed it would lead to paying for school fees and finding a stable home for her in her birth village. After months and investigations, we learned that it led to fostering and possibly adoption. I'm cutting this story short because so much of it is not mine to share, but ultimately we knew we said yes to whatever she needed and that led us to moving to Uganda to begin growing our family. We became parents overnight to a four-year-old girl 
and I am so grateful for the bond that began years before we ever knew what God was truly up to. But it hit us just a few months later that since our first child was now four years old, maybe we should think about growing our family sooner rather than later. So we decided to try. Excited, but honestly so doubtful that it would happen anytime soon. And we certainly did not expect to get pregnant on that first try. I don't say that lightly. I know everyone's fertility journey is so different, and I want to be sensitive to that. This happens to be our story, and one that God already had mapped out and planned. I'll share more details on our first pregnancy one day, because that was its own chapter for our family. But our baby's life ended so soon, and I miscarried him at 10 weeks. We named him Skye. There are so many parts of the story that I want to share, but again, there are other times and places for them. But ultimately, JP and I decided to continue trying to grow our family, and a few months later, we were pregnant again. As grateful as we both were, the second pregnancy stirred up a lot for the two of us. I'll let JP share his side of this chapter when he is ready, but moving forward, I'll be leaning more on my side of the season. To be honest, I was excited, but so cautious. I realized quickly that I never grieved losing Sky, and suddenly as this pregnancy began, the mixture of emotions came to the surface. I wanted to just be happy and joyful, but I found myself anxious, fearful, and depressed. I was beyond terrified of losing this pregnancy too. Everything all of a sudden felt so fragile and fleeting instead of divine and full of purpose. I was holding my breath for 11 weeks because 11 weeks meant that we made it past the point where we lost Sky, and 11 weeks would bring a whole new experience. 11 weeks would bring hope. But those of you who have experienced pregnancy know how long 11 weeks can feel. Truly, every second can inch by slowly, and I don't know if it's just me, but pregnancy after loss caused time to stretch out even further. But... Around six weeks of pregnancy, we traveled to the big city of Kampala from our town of Jinja that we were living in. Depending on traffic or the route you take, it can take upwards of three hours to reach your destination, sometimes less and sometimes more. In Uganda, the driver's on the opposite side of the car, and you also drive on the opposite side of the road. It feels so bizarre at first, but then it feels normal. This trip, JP was driving, and I was on the passenger side, so I was on the left side of the car. Ongoing traffic was on JP's side, and I usually got to people watch and take in the scenery. But this trip, my anxiety was next level, and nausea started kicking in that week. I felt the panic building in my chest to a point that it became overwhelming, and I was so afraid that I was going to have my first panic attack on the side of this busy road. I closed my eyes and put my hands over my belly and prayed out of desperation for the first time to God during this pregnancy. I prayed that I would get to grow this baby to full term. I prayed that I would hear this baby's heartbeat and feel them kick one day and labor them to be able to hold them in my arms, unlike the experience I had with Skye. I prayed the same things over and over until I felt some peace in my heart. Everything calmed in my mind, and I felt God say, just open your eyes. As soon as I opened my eyes, a fleet of evergreen shipping containers passed us by. I wish I had counted how many, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was seven, one after another, their green vastness flashing right by. Evergreen had been an important word in this pregnancy even before we conceived this child. It was definitely appointed us for this season. When looking up evergreen in the dictionary, it says, a plant that retains green leaves throughout the year. But if you research more of the symbolism of evergreen, it says, 
Evergreens have long been symbolic of life and growth, and early Christians decked their sanctuaries with the boughs of evergreen as a promise of new life and as a sign of the hope that followers of Christ will live forever. Hope. The very thing I was holding my breath to actually experience until I reached 11 weeks had already been given to me. And here was this fleet of hope showering me with it on that bumpy hot drive to Kampala. Oh, the amount of stories I have of evergreen trucks stopping me in my tracks, usually stopping fits of anxiety to just reassure me that God was in this and is with me and to hold on to hope is overwhelming. This shipping container became a wink, a hug, a reminder, a nudge, a smack upside the head, a love note, a true symbol of encouragement forevermore. Do you ever see things that you just know were a sign or a wink from God? Maybe a certain bird or a number or a word. Maybe a song that comes on at certain times that brings you comfort. I cannot put it past God to delight in showing up in the ways that we will hear him and see him. And the more I believe, the more I see. And the more I see, the more I want to keep on seeing. I thought I would list off some evergreen truck stories that really stand out to me. But just so you know, years later, there are hundreds, so I'm just going to share a handful or two. One, we found ourselves in Kampala when I was nine weeks along. And again, I struggled with holding on to hope during this pregnancy. JP and I were sitting in a restaurant near Ultrasound Tech's office, and I had this gut feeling that if we could, we should try and go in that day. It took everything in me to ask JP, should we call and see if we can get an appointment to hear the heartbeat? He immediately nodded and picked up his phone and made an appointment for within the hour. And the frog in my throat was so big that I couldn't talk until we got into that room. The tears welled in my eyes and just sat there threatening to fall over. As we got into the car to drive over, just across the street, which actually takes quite some time in Uganda, an evergreen truck pulled up next to us. I smiled big and felt a bit of comfort as we drove across the street. That was the appointment where we cried but we cried happy tears after hearing a fast, strong, beautiful heartbeat. Two, the day we found out the gender of our baby was the due date given to Skye. So it was bittersweet for sure. On our way to Kampala on that long drive, I was curious but so excited to know who was growing in my belly. We felt confident on a girl name and we felt confident on a boy name. Well, JP, Big Sis, and I were all on the edge of our seats as the doctor happily said, it's a girl! Both JP and I felt this ever since we found out we were pregnant, but Big Sis was elated to have a baby sister. As we got back into the car to get some celebratory ice cream, we tried to drive away, but in front of us, in the most random parking lot ever, an evergreen truck was sitting there blocking us in. This caused us to celebrate even more and share the exciting news with loved ones sooner. Three. One Saturday morning, we were on our way to a village that we worked in, and I hadn't felt baby girl move yet. I was probably like 30 weeks along at this point. She usually was up and wiggly at this hour. So after 30 minutes or so, I was feeling a little nervous. I was poking my belly and drinking cold water, but no movement. Just as we turned into the village, a train of evergreen containers was crossing the track right in front of us. And as they passed, she kicked and squirmed and sat on my bladder even more as a payback for me waking her up. Four. The day we could take her home from the hospital, our car decided it was the perfect time to stop blowing cool air. And the thing in Uganda is you normally want your windows rolled up because the dust and dirt can invade the space rather quickly. 
so our windows were rolled up in the blazing heat as we inched along slowly in Sunday traffic with no air. I began overheating and my hormones kicked into overdrive and I felt urgency that we had to get little sis out of the car to cool down as much as we could. During that time, JP somehow flagged someone down who happened to know a mechanic who came by Boda to help fix our air conditioner all within the hour. As we all got back in the car, just a few days after my emergency C-section, the cool air hit our face, but the long line of traffic had not lessened. We waited to be let into the line of traffic for 10 minutes or so, and just then an evergreen truck pulled up and let us into the line. And as we were now driving in front of the symbol of hope, about 40 evergreen trucks passed us on their way into the big city. It felt like a parade of hope and promise on our way home as a family of four. We even saw one sitting on the side of the road and pulled over to take a picture with Big Sis and Little Sis in front of it. Five. Later that year in 2017, we were in the middle of our adoption process and we needed to come up with $30,000 by the end of the year to fund the final step. We had been working so hard and God was providing so much. I had just started my business with Young Living and dove headfirst into a brand new territory. Things were moving so fast and this new business was growing quickly. Towards the end of the year, there was a contest where you could win a trip to Hawaii, but also the first, second, and third place winners won $20,000, $15,000, and $10,000. I remember just praying I would win third place because that is exactly what we needed left for our adoption fund, $10,000. Right after they announced this contest, I was leaving a message for my friend Wynn as I drove out to Palm Springs on a short trip to the States. I was brainstorming on what I could do to help us secure this third place spot so our funding would be complete. I felt frantic in my heart and not really a place of excitement, but rather desperation. Not a good feeling, especially when it comes to business and especially when it comes to growing your family. Well, as I was feeling these negative feelings, a literal caravan of evergreen containers went by on the train tracks hundreds. I just began weeping over that Marco Polo. I just felt God's good promises of provision and support as we move forward in this process. A part of me felt certainty from God that this meant the contest was the way to do it, and I was anxious to see everything play out. The contest deadline was December 31st of 2017, and our adoption bills were due the first week of January. As the end of December approached, we are inching up in the contest but stalled out at number 15, 15 out of the whole company is amazing, but it wasn't number three, what I was aiming for. Well, here's a crazy part of the story. Someone on Instagram had reached out weeks before asking for our address to send over a donation for Big Sis's adoption. I was so grateful, but didn't think much of it because we had been asked this question many times before with no donation in sight. Well, on December 31st of 2017, JP's mom, who received all of our mail stateside, sent us a picture of a check. She had received it a week before, but didn't think much of it, but then realized what it was. A check written to us for $10,000. That train that I saw of evergreen containers on my way to Palm Springs definitely gave me the hope that I needed to finish the year strong. And as much as I thought God was promising financial provision in one way, he had a plan all along, down to the last minute. And that couple who donated the remaining amount for Big Sis's adoption has inspired us in ways where we have been able to do the same for other families as well. We also got to go on that trip to Hawaii where a little sis celebrated her first birthday. So that was pretty cool too. 
every meeting in Evergreen Truck went by. And I know what you're thinking. Uganda must be full of Evergreen Trucks. But no, it really isn't a one in three kind of thing. But somehow they always showed up when we needed that encouragement and hope. And the day we paid off our last bit of debt, guess what we took a picture in front of? An Evergreen container. Seven. It had been about three months of living in America after our four years in Uganda. We were living in Southern California, close to JP's family, while we figured out our next step of life. We had lots of healing to do, but were slowly feeling stronger by the day. JP and I had always felt confidence that our family was complete with big sis and little sis. The four of us just felt so right, until it didn't. Until I wondered if we were supposed to have another baby. And oddly enough, I felt with everything in my bones that if we tried, and if we got pregnant, that baby would be a boy. I was scared to bring this up to JP. He was actually in Uganda for work, and I didn't want to shock him with any new ideas, especially 8,000 miles away. And after this big life change we just went through. But one day I was driving through some orange groves and praying about it. I called JP and mentioned to him that I don't think we're done. My heart was beating so fast that I almost didn't hear him say the words, I'm feeling the same thing. Tears filled my eyes and all of a sudden, in the middle of the orange groves out near the desert, an evergreen container truck turned and drove right past me. Hope. Assurance. Peace. Eight. Okay, last one because truly there are too many of these stories. But the day JP and I decided we wanted to buy a duplex as our first property here in Nashville, we stopped by the downtown waterfront and prayed to God that he would make it so clear for us. When we opened our eyes, we both saw it at the same time, an evergreen container sitting there in a lot of other shipping containers. That night, we made an appointment to see the house we now call our own and that I am currently writing this in. Evergreen containers are definitely more popular on the West Coast, but once in a while they will trickle down here in the South and East Coast. It's been the most beautiful thing because by sharing our evergreen container stories on Instagram, people are always sending me pictures of evergreen container sightings. And as much as it blesses me and even speaks to me in those specific moments, I always feel like it's God hugging and winking at them with some encouragement that they are going in the right direction and he is with them the whole way to just hold on to hope. I am so curious. What is that for you? Butterflies? Rainbows? A certain tree? A time of day you always look at the clock? And maybe you don't have a sign or symbol yet, but also... Maybe you do, but you haven't opened your heart and eyes up to it yet. Trust me, if you want to be wooed by God, he will woo you. (laughs) He will show up like the parent who loves spoiling their child because that is exactly who he is. He wants to dazzle you and remind you that you are never alone. He is with you every step of the way. I hope you will open your mind, heart, and eyes to him. I hope you can see him all around you. I hope in those moments that you feel lost, anxious, and alone, you pray that he shows himself in the most creative and unique of ways. I pray you are surrounded by his comfort and when these gifts cross your path, you smile so big and peace floods your heart. You are so loved. Do you have a similar sign that God always speaks to you through? I would love to hear it. Will you do me a favor and leave a review sharing your story on Apple Podcasts? While you are there, will you rate and subscribe to this podcast so every Monday, and possibly more, the episodes show up right on your phone for you? Friend, I am so grateful for you. I pray you have the most beautiful week and feel his love for you and everything around you forevermore. Mm